0: You're basically John the Baptist for the league. Well, it needs one. It needs a messiah to come after you. You end up beheaded, but, you know, yeah. for, for the good of the game, you, well, you'd be willing to lay down your life, right?
1: OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Welcome along. On the show this evening, Jackie Otley will join us as England's swat aside Sweden march into a Euros final. 10 million plus watching does feel like a watershed moment for the women's game in England. So, Jackie Otley. Is with us this hour. Mike Casey is an All Ireland winner once again with Limerick. He missed the last two seasons due to injury, but he was very much back this year. So we'll chat to Mike about the long road to All Ireland glory once again. And Barcelona are indulging in all kinds of chicanery to land the likes of Aubameyang and Lewandowski. Kieran Canning covers Spanish football for the AFP news agency, is going to join us. 53106, the text number. We're at Off the Ball on Twitter. Ronan Mullen in studio. Hello. Hi, Joe. We meet again, Ronan. I know it's been too long, Joe. Away on secondment, elsewhere in the building. And now you're back with us.
0: Yeah, back covering the old hard news <laughs> side of things, but now back chatting about Rafinha and the Barcelona boys. Well, Declan Lynch would make a strong argument that the uh, back
1: pages are really the front pages for most people, you know?
0: That would always be my intonation as well. Yeah, so
1: uh, Ron Mullen here in studio, Richie McCormack, good evening. And how are you? That makes you like Trevor McDonald, I suppose.
2: I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, uh, Jackie Oatley going to join us half past seven. There were 10 million plus, and that's mm. excluding streaming platforms and uh, fan parks watching England uh, swat aside Sweden last night. I mean, you're not really meant to beat Sweden 4-0. Uh, so, we're going to talk to Jackie uh, Oatley this hour, and it seemed like a very emotional BBC in a very emotional England, and even Ian Wright went viral with uh, his comments uh, post-match, which caught the eye. I mm. will mention this to Jackie here. Was Ian Wright at full-time?
2: Whatever happens in the
0: final now, if, we're not, if, we're, if, if, if girls are not allowed to play football
1: just like the boys can in their P.E. after this tournament, then what are we doing? They've got, we've got to make sure that they are able to play and get the opportunity to do this because it's going to inspire a lot of people. But if there's no legacy to this, like what we saw with the Olympics, if there's no legacy after this, then what are we doing? Because girls should be able to play because this is as proud as I've ever felt of any England side. This is what it's about. So just looking into what Wright was talking about, it does seem that 37% of girls are not offered football in PE at school. Uh, It's a significant problem in English schools. I don't know to what extent it's an issue here. So there's plans or there's an aim to cut that to 25% by 2024. It seems hockey and netball, the traditional female sports, are offered very much instead and there's actually no offering of uh, football so that's what Ian Wright was uh, talking about last night and that got huge support as well so England in a final France or Germany will join them uh, this evening we'll talk to Jackie Oatley it does feel like watershed moments when 10 million plus are watching the games and they've had great viewing figures all the way through and uh, that that points to more than just being a free-to-air phenomenon
0: yeah and the parallel with 10 years ago London 2012 is an interesting one because the legacy of that has only really been borne out in recent years and probably again only see the knock-on effects of what the England team have done here but that's the kind of stat or the kind of comment Ian Wright made which would have passed most people by I think that <laughs> the that's not readily available and football would never have struck me as a cost prohibitive sport so you, I would have got the impression that it would have been mm. very accessible unlike like I know there's a line of demarcation in fee-paying schools versus public schools uh, with regards to certain sports where just by dint of the practice themselves and kits and, you know, what's required to play them, that they might only exist in certain spheres of society, shall we say. But like football, like you can play football anywhere at any time. So um. I hope this is a turning point in that regard.
1: To put the viewing figures into context. So 10 million plus fan parks and streaming platforms last night on the BBC in 2009, England reached the Euros final. They were beaten by Germany. I mean, it could be a case of history repeating itself. We shall see. The viewing figures for BBC One for the Euro 2009 final, 1.4 million. And now here we are at 10 million for Mm. a semi final. So, um,. It just, the game uh, in the last decade, though, has
2: made an incredible leap. incredibly, incredibly, like, it, yeah. it, it, it really, it really has. Not just in terms of the viewing figures, but just in terms of the product that's put forward and the organisation around it, and the fact that there is a women's super league in England, the fact that we have the women's national league here, and like even this evening, like uh, the FAI have just announced that the Finland World Cup qualifier in Tata Stadium is sold out, like six weeks, uh, is it in advance of that game, which is just astonishing to think that there could be six, seven thousand people uh selling out a game here uh women's international game here like it's it's brilliant and the product has improved uh you know tenfold in those in that decade plus the amount of organization Like you only had to look at the england performance last night to see the fruit of that like they're incredibly well drilled very well organized damn skillful team Mm. and uh probably on a level that's far above us to say what we'd seen perhaps in 2009 or even i saw the the celebrations of the usa's world cup victory in 99 which is i guess the last real watershed moment in in women's football or perhaps the first um but this like it's 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 incredible it's brilliant and it's encouraging and like Wright said it's brilliant that he came out with something like that at a moment like that 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 was at the forefront of his mind Mm. and that the avenues not just to football but to whatever sports uh young girls want to play are open to them in whatever country happens to be because it was as we know unfortunately it's not always the case
1: Bring back Phil Neville. He didn't say afterwards. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus,
0: can you imagine? <laughs> Do you remember the introspection after his departure and like people of some renown basically dismissing his tenure as what a waste of time that was and you know, it's going to take us 10 years to rebuild from his five years? They seem to have gotten it together quite quickly as quite it turns quickly. out. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't as terrible as mm. some say. I mean, he did get them to fourth in
1: a World Cup, but um, there was just something very small about hiring a coach with zero experience to take the national team because he was famous for men's football, so he can take the women's job. But look, the call of, and the, tr- the tradition more so than anything of Inter-Miami was just too much for Phil had to, to, he had to go. say no to. So uh, Mike Casey on the way, Limerick defender and a Pierschick defender and All-Ireland winner after two years of injury. I mean, to miss one All-Ireland is tough, to miss two in a row is very tough. So he's back with us now. We reached out to Shane Dowling to ask for any Info about Mike or interesting questions we could put to him. And Shane was good enough to share some important details with us. He said Mike was voted the worst golfer in the Pearshig. He's the king of the shanks. So we'll certainly put that to Mike Casey amongst other things. It's hard to imagine a hurler being bad at golf.
0: Yeah, I was trying to explain um, hurling to someone who's not familiar with it. Someone not from Ireland, obviously. And... Like the the skills it encompasses, namely high and high coordination, like you would think would apply, especially to golf. Mm. But the fact that um, I suppose it's a high bar within a hurling club. Someone has to be the worst, Joe. It just turns out it's it's Mike Casey.
1: Maybe he's playing off like seven and they're all exactly, like mortified yeah. for him. Uh, we are going to talk to Kieran Canning about Barcelona as well. So from uh, being completely broke to reaching out for Lewandowski and taking a bit of a Aubameyang and uh, throwing the cash around. It does seem like they've managed to engineer some kind of financial chicanery here. Mm. Uh, Kieran Canning is going to explain. You've been looking into this story. How are they managing all this?
0: So it's like Billy Bean, uh, Brad Pitt's character in Moneyball, will be tearing his hair at Joe. It's like <laughs> wow. beautiful hair. Yeah, it's like, what's beautiful going on hair. here? Because they have a little bit of money to play with, but they seem to be squandering it in the worst possible avenues. Like they're, they're betting the house on Robert Lewandowski and Obama Yang rolling back the years. I don't mind Lewandowski so much. Yeah, but he's he's thirty four, and like he was, he started up front with Aubameyang yesterday. Right. So I was thinking there might be some sort of, you know, they might interchange in the starting eleven, which might prove to be the case in the games that actually matter. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, the squad building and Xavi seems to be getting rave reviews in terms of his people skills and, you know, tactically astute. But they're giving him these cogs to try and make some sort of machine out of, and even the best manager might struggle. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they've signed. Um, a new TV deal which has given them a quick influx of cash right. but it's not its not a long-term guarantee, this isn't money that's going to be coming in season on season, so they're looking for a quick fix and that's exactly what they're going for with the profile of players, there's no sign of you know, young up-and-comers, they're, they've gone for Rafinha who's in his prime they've gone for Lewandowski obviously, Christensen from Chelsea they want Azpilicueta as well, mm. and they've also signed some good players like Kunde from Sevilla is on the way, like uh, another player in his prime. But then they're also probably looking from the <laughs> perspective of Gavi and Pedri, their two midfield dynamos, possibly generational talents as well. Yeah. So that's kind of where the Frankie de Jong thing factors in, where they're looking at him and thinking, we don't really need you and you're taking up way too much on the wage bill. In effect,
1: it seems they've sold about 25% of future TV deals mm. to generate the cash now.
0: Yeah, so they've, they've done that, but they've gotten all the money up front, essentially and they've just blown it all. So, jo- Joanne <laughs> Laporte is like, here, I'm, not, I'm here for a good time, not a long time.
1: He really is. Ah, oh dear. I mean, I do feel like there'll be a movie with Steve Carell about all this in about 10 years' time. Mm-hmm. So, we should get moving, Richie. The news round ever, as ever, with thanks to Gillette Labs putting your best face forward. We're starting with Euro 2022. This evening, England uh, await.
2: Yeah, a place in the final of Women's Euro 2022 alongside England awaits tonight's semi final winners at Stadium MK. France take on Germany there. Kickoff is at eight. England, as we know, booked their place at Wembley by thrashing Sweden 4 0 at Bramall Lane. The hosts only led by a goal to nil at the break, but Lucy Bronze's goal three minutes after the restart kick started England's dominance of that game. Head coach Serena Wiegmann was asked afterwards what she told her players at half time.
1: They had their organisation and we needed to get out of their first press. Uh, better uh, with some choices we needed to do in our shape, uh, and we also need to be really tighter on the ball. Uh, we lost we lost passes um, that we shouldn't lose, and and then we played them in their strengths. That's basically what we said. We we're talking about organisation, making better choices, and being tighter on the ball. We'll talk to Jackie Oatley half past seven. Texting. Did you know that Mike and Peter Casey are originally from Clare? No, I did not. I did not know uh, Clare's lost Limericks gain and all that. I do know that Sunday was the first time they both were on the pitch at the full-time whistle in an All-Ireland final, which must have been a very cool moment for uh, brothers, but I did not know they were both from uh, Clare. So Mick has added in, they grew up on the Clare side of the border in Malik, which is near to Napirshik, so there you go. What could have been for Clare, I suppose. Uh, So that's England and the Euros this evening. Meanwhile, uh, Women's National League here at home,
2: yeah, Shelburne can open up a 10-point lead at the top of the table tonight if they beat Dublin rivals Bohemians at Tolka Park. Kick-off there at 7.45. And Linfield have endured a miserable evening in Norway en route out of the Champions League. They were thrashed 8-0 by Bodo Glimt and had Kirk Miller sent off in the first half. They lost 8-1 on aggregate and they will play the losers of the Zurich-Carabag tie, uh, which is currently ongoing. Zurich a goal to the good in Switzerland tonight and it's now 3-3 in aggregate. So the losers of that one will play Linfield next week in those Europa League qualifiers. Manchester United have splashed out 58 million euro. They have indeed. Lisandro Martinez has followed Eric Ten Hag from Ajax to Manchester United. The Argentina international defender signed a five-year deal at Old Trafford with United paying the Dutchman uh, paying uh, the Dutch Giants 67 million euro. Martinez, United's third signing of the summer following the arrivals, of course, of Christian Eriksen and Terrell Malassia.
1: An Argentinian at Old Trafford.
2: Is he the first in Gabriel Heidser?
1: Oh, Di Maria Rojo. was
0: there. Yeah, it's, uh, let's just say, I'd say he's more in the profile of uh, Ainsa than he is of Di Maria. Much talk about Martinez's height. Mm. How small is he? He's 5'9", which puts him in sort of a, a rarefied air of like comparisons with Baresi and Cannavaro and these kinds of people who are obviously playing in world-leading teams, Joe. I think Martinez is going to find himself in a, possibly not... Firm, a fair defensive unit when he arrives at Old Trafford but he must be the shortest centre-half he's the shortest centre-half in the Premier League oh. in a physically robust league as well so you just know like the first Monday Night Football post-match analysis because you I play Brighton first up and you just know set pieces Brighton are going to be like look at this look at this guy so Danny Welbeck you go and stand over on him there and we'll see what happens but but I don't defenders choose who they mark eh, it depends you can't go and mark a defender can you well, you can go and stand on whoever you want at the set piece, like yeah. But then, like I don't know, it's like uh, when Harry they, Maguire will step in between them when they pin the goalkeeper on, on the line, like yeah. I suppose. But um, like I'm obviously being a little bit facetious because he's like a top ball player, and that's essentially what Ten Hag. The best way to defend is to keep the ball, and they want to yeah. play it from the back. And he's left-footed, so he's going to play on that side of defence. You would think, which means they've got. Harry Maguire obviously still club captain Rafael Varane is a World Cup winner just probably never fit Victor Lindelof has played all the pre-season games Eric Bailly apparently is wanted by Jose Mourinho at Roma Phil Jones is still there Toon is still there so like history is repeating itself a bit with Manchester United where they can't really get the outgoings right they've sold Andres Pereira but they have like a 30 man senior squad there <laughs> I don't know what they're going to
1: do Yeah What's your take on the Ronaldo situation?
0: Well, when he arrived, I wasn't so down on the signing. <coughs> excuse me, I wasn't so down on the signing when he first arrived um, at the club. Uh, for, well, first arrived for the second time. Uh, I thought like I'd seen enough in what Solshar was trying to do that they possibly just needed some finishing up front. But like he did have sort of a destructive effect on any sort of fluency that was in the, the team, and there was other mitigation there as well. It wasn't solely on Ronaldo, but you tra- you see what Ten Hag is trying to deploy in in terms of personnel in the pre-season and Ronaldo just doesn't fit this sort of frenetic, high-paced system, so like Ten Hag's saying the right things and that he's going to be the fulcrum of our attack and I, I have big plans for him but to what extent he's just trying to maintain some sort of transfer value for Ronaldo when, you know, having been canvassing all of Europe himself and George Mendes and nobody, nobody. putting their hands up no. there doesn't seem to be any transfer value at all, so It doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to suit either party, but the likelihood is he's going to stay for another year anyway.
1: Uh, Rich, i uh, not shocked by the next story. This was always liable to happen, I suppose, given events in the UK.
2: Yeah, a number of former rugby players are taking action against the IRFU amid claims they suffered brain injuries during their careers. The move follows the news that England World Cup winner Steve Thompson and former Wales captain Ryan Jones are among those to have opened legal proceedings against World Rugby, the English RFU and the WRU. The names and indeed number of Irish players involved in this separate case have not been disclosed by their Dublin based solicitors, Maguire and McClaffey.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how quickly all this plays out or when we get uh, or hear of the names or the numbers involved. And, and as Richie says, the Dublin based solicitors uh, we're not revealing those names today, but uh, certainly a story which catches the eye for sure. Like I said, not a shock, I suppose, that given what was happening in the UK, it's happened here. So uh, of uh, big significance, obviously. Um, We'll uh, bring you news as we get it on it. Colm O'Rourke, meanwhile, has been talking about his new appointment.
2: Yeah, he was speaking to the Meath Chronicle last night. He said it was now or never for him to take the Meath job, the two-time All-Ireland winner with the Royals, was ratified for a three-year term last night and a review will follow at the end of that second year. O'Rourke's former Meath teammate Bernard Flynn had also been in the running for the job and he said he was disappointed to find out on social media that he had not been successful. Flynn also deleted a tweet thanking Kilmockoog Croaks manager Robbie Brennan and ex-mail boss Stephen Rochford, seemingly alluding to them being part of a proposed management ticket. Mm. Thoughts on O'Rourke?
0: I was as surprised as anybody, I think, when I saw it, I was um, it's just like the notion that the the oldest intercounty appointment of all time, like you'd never want to be the most anything is a phrase I've heard. And, you know, coming in. Like on that notion I think it's going to be tricky for him he comes in with a huge profile but to what extent he can he can dine out in that with this current group I'm not sure Liam Hayes was on on
1: Monday's show and he's very supportive of O'Rourke
0: and has mm. a long standing relationship well Liam we, Hayes had me thinking me they're going to win the All-Ireland joke then at the end of it he did say <laughs> well I'm not so sure he has the talent this is it well I don't know about talent but like it, it would be having spent the last 30 years like we're talking inter-county uh, terms obviously because he's done of like Good work at club level and at schools level, and at inter- international level for what that's worth. But like to have stepped out of that sphere for so long and to be stepping back into it when the game has moved on so much in the last ten years, let alone thirty years. Um, it's it's a tricky one. What they probably do need is somebody. And Liam Hayes was alluding to this that like a figurehead that the county can rally around, and he's. The Perfect. arguably best fit, best fit for that yeah. possible, and we've seen elsewhere, like at the top of the hurling and football championships, where often you need a figurehead of of that ilk and get the right personnel around him, and that's what Mead will be hoping to do. Because what what is certain is this is a critical appointment. There is such an interesting juncture where I don't want to say Dublin are regressing in in the sense that they're still streets ahead of the rest of Leinster. But this is the time where the likes of me, the Oracle there, can, can capitalise and close that gap. But on the flip side, if they get it wrong, they're just going to be in the wilderness, possibly forevermore. <laughs> so, <laughs> possibly forevermore. Yeah, well, forevermore in, uh, in relative terms to <laughs> to where we're at now, because D- Dublin, the juggernaut that that is, if it's gone off the tracks for the last couple of seasons, that won't be a, a long-lasting thing, I don't think. No, it's going to be interesting. And I'd say O'Rourke will uh, conduct a very polished
1: video analysis session. Put on a certain tie, Mm -hmm. sit up there. Let me just show you where it all went wrong. Uh, We'll try (laughs) and uh, get Colin O'Rourke on the show. It'll be very interesting to chat to him over the next uh, couple of weeks for sure. Uh, Meanwhile,
2: Shamrock Rovers. God, yeah, it's a busy day in the transfer front here at home. Shamrock Rovers have signed former Republic of Ireland under-21 international Simon Power. The midfielder moved from UCD to Norwich back in 2018, was sent out on a number of loans before joining Harrogate Town 18 months ago. His arrival comes in time for Rovers' Europa League qualifier against Shkuppi next week. The Hoops beat 10-man Ludigretz 2-1 at Tallis Stadium last night, but they went down 4-2 on aggregate. Speaking to our own Stephen Doyle after the game, manager Stephen Bradley was left to rue a number of missed chances.
0: Yeah, it was frustrating because, like I said, we started so well. Uh, we had them on the back foot. If, if another one of them goes in, it's a totally different game. We can relax and and, uh, and wait for the tour to come. But um, like I said, it wasn't the be. And uh, I still go back to that beat decision with the referee. And mm-hmm. uh, these games, you need them decisions to go for you. And for me, the refs made an uh, incredible decision. He um, said Richie's dived when he's in on goal, which is which is unbelievable. You know.
2: Were you surprised because he was giving out a lot of cards in the game? You would have thought that. Something like that he would have picked up on.
0: Yeah, well, the fourth official is telling us that was a foul on Richie. And then we look out and the referee's pointing the other way, like, you know, so it looked like the officials were really confused on it as well. Um, Yeah, and uh, you'd have to really question that decision from the referee.
1: I didn't see that decision team was at the game uh, ultimately though bigger picture if Shamrock Rovers have been honest with themselves conceding that third in the first leg and not taking the many chances they created last night they're the real issues and ultimately they're the reasons that they hadn't progressed when they really could have because it was a very good performance last night but they didn't take their uh, chances ultimately uh, Meanwhile Dundalk
2: yeah, busy day of transfer activity there too specifically where Alfie Lewis is set to be reunited with his former St. Pat's boss Stephen O'Donnell. The Lilywhites have already signed Norwegian winger Runner Hauga on loan from Hibernian and midfielder Robbie McCourt from Sligo Rovers. Their arrivals follow the return to Dundee United of Mark Connolly after a successful loan spell at Oriole Park. He'd won Player of the Month there uh, for June. And Bohemians in the past hour as well have announced their eighth signing of the summer window. They signed James Clark, the midfielder from Drogheda United. While Derry midfielder Evan McLaughlin has signed a new contract there but he'll head out on loan in the meantime to coleraine to get some game time republic of ireland uh, underage player on the move yeah very promising one too the republic of ireland under 21 fullback tayo adermola has joined coventry city on loan for the season the 18 year old was given his senior crystal palace debut by patrick vieira in their fa cup tie with Hartlepool last season and he then started in the next round against stoke city racing then rich yeah, a surprise winner of the Galway plate today. The feature on day three of the Galway Festival. 16 to one shot. Hewick beat the Joseph O'Brien trained Daraso to victory by half a length. Willie Mullins' 92 favourite El Barra could only manage third. Hewick apparently only bought for €800. Euro. And there were no surprises in the Sussex Stakes. The feature on day two of Glorious Goodwood. Odds on favourite Baid beat Modern Games by almost two lengths to stretch his unbeaten run to an incredible nine races. Bit of rugby. Yeah, former Ireland international Quinn Roo has linked up with ex-Munster head coach Johan van Graan at Bath. Uh, The Lock has joined the Premiership Club as injury cover from Toulon following a knee injury sustained while on England duty uh, by Charlie Ewells. And Frank Lampard finally has made a signing. <laughs> He's made a couple of them, um, none of them particularly spectacular. Everton have signed Portuguese fullback Ruben Vinagra on a season long loan from Sporting. The 23 year old returns to the Premier League, having previously played for Wolves there. He's the club's second edition of the summer following the arrival of fellow defender James Tarkovsky. Everton are also reportedly in talks to sign Tarkovsky's former Burnley teammate Dwight McNeil, a figure of in and around 20 million uh, being spoken of there.
1: I don't know, Ronan, did you hear Lampard? over the last uh, week or so on pre-season when they lost a game quite badly he was quick enough again to go for the players publicly
0: yeah he's like I love it I just love that interview Joe. I watched it a few times he <laughs> says something like I know it's only pre-season and then goes on to lambast him for three further minutes yeah. like, like the first half wasn't good enough second half was even worse you know this kind of thing oh, I don't know is he cut out for management I just don't think he doesn't have he doesn't have the thick skin required well, you have to you have to be real here like you're in one of the it's one of the most esteemed clubs in English football like when they go on a bad run you're going to get criticised and you can't just always like it was actually one of the things that was levelled at Steven Gerrard when he was first at Rangers that he was too critical of the players and to his credit he's, he's amended that approach like whatever's said behind closed doors yeah. he's certainly not as publicly eviscerating them whereas Lampard just, he just goes for it I did see a quote from someone I can't remember who
1: obviously a colleague or a teammate of Lampard saying he really has the temperament for management I thought that's precisely the thing he doesn't seem to have. Yeah. Paul Paul
2: Clement was the was one when yeah uh, came out with that. Because yeah, even yeah. during
1: the season towards the end when Everton had an especially bad result he went to town on them and that was where he <laughs> talked about them not having the balls yeah. to use his uh, phraseology and, and really went for them and then reined it back in for a couple of weeks after that because I think the general observation was well he's gone too far here and it's a real sign of trouble when a manager is destroying his players publicly like questioning their manhood publicly yeah. and he reined it back in and I thought okay Lesson learned. Fast forward to a pre-season defeat and he's gone for them again. I'm like, Frank.
2: They're shambles of a club though at the minute, Joe. Like, they, yeah. they look, look at who they're buying. They bought in Tarkovsky on a free. They're going for Dwight McNeil at Burnley and they're after getting Ruben Vanagra on loan from Sporting. Like, the removal of Alicia Uzmila's money there has been key yeah. in what's happened or not happened, I suppose, over the summer. And, like, are they improving on a squad that finished pretty close to relegation last year? you'd suggest they probably haven't to a great degree and like I'm not gonna count preseason results at all, but, like their their training matches. But like you look at that squad and what they've added and like I, I can't see much improvement coming in towards in what we saw towards the end of last season. It's just and it, and it's not gonna pick up until there's a until there's a sale to somebody with deep pockets there and that's not gonna be a, a forthcoming anytime soon.
1: Well in his defence he was trying to make that point as well as publicly as you can make it he talked about you know needing to sort out a few things at the club and we've got to get players in because all we've done really is lost um, Richarlison Richarlison um, Rishi, I think he called him uh, all we've done really is lost Richarlison haven't replaced him mm. and so you know he was kind of saying I'm not a miracle worker either
0: but yeah. uh, it's, and
1: it's, it's a touch self-serving but he's not wrong either yeah,
0: they had that brief window where they were really splashing the cash and the recruitment again was just all wrong like almost none of of that crop of players are actually still there. Yeah. So it's unfortunate from his perspective, the the whole Lampard his disintegration of his public profile has been quite interesting because he came into Chelsea with a lot of goodwill. Yeah. They were in like under the transfer embargo and he was selling his candidacy on the basis I'm gonna bring all the young lads through. And look at Mason Mount who starts week in, week out, that possibly wouldn't have happened. If it weren't not for Lampard, similarly, he gave Tammy Abraham his head at Chelsea. He was uh, banging them in for Roma last season. So it it is the latter point. It is the fact that um, he seems to take no accountability for when things go wrong. And that is where he seems to have lost that credibility, I think.
1: Yeah, his Chelsea job looked OK until Tuchel arrived and did his thing. Mm. And then you now listen back to some of the interviews he did at Chelsea where he said, like, we just got to run more. Yeah, like, well that's not that's obviously not the problem. Yeah. You know, come on. <laughs> uh any last story you want to bring us, Rich? Do
2: you know what, Joe? Breaking news from the world Oof. of golf. We should almost om- we should almost have a live golf siren or klaxon or something at this stage. Uh it's it's not that could be en route yet, Ronan. That could be en route. But uh the former master champion Bubba Watson is going to be the latest defector <laughs> in the <laughs> Saudi funded Live Golf series. So Big Bubba is on his way to Big Saudi money. I mean, you haven't blown me away I'm there, shocked I by to that. be honest. I'm <laughs> shocked. I'm not
1: sure we're going to say in the claxon Who else, that.
2: Who else are we going to get at this stage? That's, that's the depths we're plundering. I thought you were going
1: to say Hideki Matsuyama. When you said, wait, as soon as you said former Masters champion, he seems to be uh, very much rumoured to have been signed yeah. up, locked down, Asian market, former Masters champion. They're going after former Masters champions just so they reach a point of critical mass where the Masters can't ban the former champions. And then in effect
0: good tactic yeah like
1: like by hook or by crook the mass the majors are all populated by live golf players as well so yeah I thought you were going to say Matsuyama Bubba Watson yeah I mean he fits the profile yeah that was that's what struck me too he brings a certain name recognition exciting to watch all that kind of (laughs) stuff um, which is kind of what they're personality going after. Profile as well, personality profile, yeah. personality profile for sure. And uh, yeah, to be honest, you turn on the PGA Tour of a standard week, there's a real deficit of personality. So it's not a terrible philosophy either.
0: I was saying to you earlier about Charles Barkley. He was on the Dan Patrick show. Well, rumored that he's been they're, they're seeking to get him on board as an analyst as well. Yeah, and he was saying I make in and around twenty million, and Dan Patrick says, "And what did you say to Live Golf?" And he's like, "Triple it." <laughs> <laughs> if they if they triple that, he's he's on a, on his way. Why? would they want him
1: on their golf commentary though?
0: Charles Barkley? Yeah. Well, he's the number one sports analyst in America. No, I get that. And he's, he likes a bit of golf. But that is it. He, that is literally <laughs> He's like joke. renowned for having the worst golf swing in the world. Well, and he was likes actually a bit of golf. himself and Michael Jordan famously used to play golf and you know, tit for tat, very good, both very good. Then he got the ips and uh, that's been it. He's got like a hitch in his swing or something. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's
1: sorted it out now a bit. But I know I get all that. And he did a few of those Tiger versus Phil the matches and was very funny
0: yeah but like,
2: like after Joe, a couple of weeks of no, serious tournaments you're, you might find it a bit your well. jealousy is showing here Joe something fierce I just think really there
1: might have been a broadcaster who really loves their <laughs> golf who might have been ahead <laughs> S- ahead of Barkley that's S- all I'm saying Six, available
2: 60
0: million float your boat Joe. oh man <laughs> I hear you're win. next on the list after Barkley though
1: <laughs> yeah so there we go they're a Trump Bedminster this week actually just to just to really up, up the feel good about the that's whole great. golf situation uh, fellas we we're out of time Richie McCormack thank you nice and gents Rowan and Mullen thank you cheers Joe